Good morning, Middle Church. If you'd please stand with me, you can find the invitation to worship printed inside the front page of your bulletin. You can join me on the bolded words. Please pray with me. Show us the suffering of the most miserable so we will know my people's plight. Free us to pray for others, for you are present in every person. Help us take responsibility for my own life so that we can be free at last. Grant us courage to serve others, for in service there is true life. Give us honesty and patience so that the Spirit will be alive among us. Let the Spirit flourish and grow so that we will never tire of the struggle. Let us remember those who have died for justice, for they have given us life. Help us love even those who hate us so we can change the world. Amen. May it be so. morning, Middle Church. I'm Chad, and I'm one of the ministers on staff here, and on behalf of our senior minister, Jackie Lewis, who's away, and on behalf of all of us here at Middle Collegiate Church, welcome. We're glad you're here with us on this Labor Day weekend. If you're with us online, 
welcome as well. We're glad you're here. Oh, and let's wave <laughs> if you even want to turn back. And the camera's right there. So, a lot is going on in our world, amen? Yet another shooting in West Texas recently. Feels like this could be a, a Sunday ritual, and it feels a little overwhelming, amen? amen? We are, ushers are coming through with a letter that we are writing to Senator Mitch McConnell, and each of us is going to get an individual letter. It's short. And we are going to, during the prayers of the people, signing our names. And if you want to add additional words of encouragement, of rabble-rousing, do so. And if you need a pen, please let the ushers know as well. They will come up to the balcony. This will be in a few moments during the prayers of the people. There's a lot going on in our life here. In just two Sundays from now, on September 15th, is our homecoming Sunday. That's when we go back to two worship celebrations every Sunday. It will, this house will be filled with a lot of energy and music and light. We hope you will join us after, worship, after both worships. There will be uh, events going on in, what are we calling the festival going on in the social hall, where you can find out more about the different small groups here the justice groups here and ways that you can connect and form deeper relationships here at Middle Collegiate Church. That's two Sundays from now. And that's when everything will kind of explode. In the meantime, there is a lot going on in the life of this church. Please look at your bulletin. Here are a few items that are not in your worship bulletin today. Uh, after worship on the fourth floor classroom will be a planning meeting for our street fair. This year our street fair is in October. So we're going to be doing a fall street fair instead of our usual April street fair. That planning meeting is today after worship at 12 p.m. Another item not on our worship bulletin is our ukulele tutorial class, which meets once a month, the first Wednesdays of every month at 6.45. If you'd like more information about that, please see our usher, Kaede Helk. Uh, this is in the bulletin a reminder for the Middle Mixer on Saturday, September 7th. We still have tickets for that soccer game, so if you want to join us, come be a part of our community off-site, uh, speak with Marta or Elise. Again, there's a lot of other fun stuff going on. Please read your bulletin. Was there anything else? Oh, do we have any first-time visitors here? Yay! Welcome. Glad you're here, and if you could just raise your hand a bit, the ushers will offer you a little welcome packet that will help you find out who we are and what we do here at Middle Collegiate Church. We're glad you're here. If you've been here, if this is your first time or if this is your 500th time, we're glad you're here. Now, let's enter into the time of prayer here at Middle Collegiate Church, we name... Did everyone get one of these letters? Has it made, it's up in the balcony, okay. Here at Middle Collegiate Church, we name that thoughts and prayers are not sufficient to bring about God's reign here on earth, amen? amen. At the same time, we know how that statement can sometimes lead people to forget about praying. And here at Middle, Middle Collegiate Church, we name the power of prayer to transform the world. Here's a space now every week where we gather our hearts together as a community 
And if you're with us online, you're a part of this community, you're a part of this prayer, and where we allow the power of prayer to work through us to transform the world. We'll begin with a moment of silence, and in this time of silence, please read the letter, sign your name, add your own prayers if you wish, and then I'll lead us in a short prayer to round us out. Dear friends, let us pray. Holy One, as we enter into this sacred time together, we give you thanks for your presence, which is with us with every breath that we take, every step that we make, every thought that enters into our heart. We give you thanks for your ongoing presence with us. Here as we gather as a community, now in this time, gather the thoughts and prayers within our hearts, Receive them with our love and gratitude for the ways in which you continue to work through our broken world. And oh God, our world is broken. Help us to be able to see the brokenness and to receive the almost overwhelming energy around receiving the broken places in your world. Strengthen us so that we may stand with our siblings in this world and be with them in their hurting, be with them in their grief, be with them in their questioning, what is this world and where do I belong here? As we gather our hearts together in prayer, we lift up prayers for all those who were affected by gun violence in West Texas yesterday. Comfort the grieving, heal the wounded, O oh God, and stir our hearts that we may continue to work for gun control in our nation. We lift up prayers for all those affected by Hurricane Dorian. O oh God, shelter the vulnerable, protect the weak, Comfort those whose homes and lives are in danger. We lift up prayers for those affected by the protests in Hong Kong and ongoing unrest around our nation and our world. Strengthen the voiceless, O oh God. Guide the courageous. Encourage all of us who seek justice. Here in this moment, we lift up the thoughts and concerns in our hearts and in our minds for our friends and family, those who are grieving, those who are sick or undergoing treatment for their health, those who are lost or lonely, 
For all those of us who are unsure of the way forward, O God, show us a sign. Offer us a glimmer of hope that we may more clearly see your love alive and at work in the world, that we may more deeply feel your love alive and at work in our hearts. O God, for all these prayers, and the prayers not spoken out loud, but held sacredly within each of our hearts. We lift them up to you and give you thanks for your eternal presence with us. Amen. Now please rise and body your spirit as together we pray out loud the Lord's Prayer. There's an inclusive version printed in our bulletin If you're not a touchy-feely person or if you have a summer cold, you can (laughs) choose not to hold hands. That is fine. We're all connected by the Spirit. Let us pray. Ever-loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For it is the reign and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Before we pass the peace, I want to tell you what we're doing with these letters. During communion, you will bring them up to the communion table. We will receive them, and after worship, come and help us stuff envelopes here at the pulpit. <laughs> Dear friends, this time of prayer has led us into a space of peace, and that peace comes from the divine, from God, from the eternal, and we're called to share that peace. Please share a sign of God's peace with one another.
Your bulletins are a surprise. <laughs> or I'm surprising you now. I've, there's just a different order. So next we will be hearing Wherever Is Your Heart by Madge Dietrich, Graham Bridgman, and Hajime Yoshida. It's time we found a way back home You lose so many things you love as you grow I miss the days when I was just a kid My fear became my shadow, I swear it did Wherever is your heart I call home Wherever is your heart I call home Though my feet may take me far from you, I know Wherever is your heart, I call home Made me feel like I was always falling Always falling down without a place to land Somewhere in the distance heard you calling Be
Thank you so much to all our musicians this morning for your authenticity, because wherever is our heart is our home. I'm going to read from the scripture this morning, and the scripture is actually from the translation, The Message. So if it sounds like something you didn't grow up with, it could be. Um, so it's from Luke 14, 1, 7 through 4, 14. One time, when Jesus went for a Sabbath meal with one of the top leaders of the Pharisees, all the guests had his, their eyes on Jesus, watching his every move. He went on to tell a story to the guests around the table, noticing how each one had tried to elbow their place to the place of honor. He said, when someone invites you to dinner, don't take the place of honor. Somebody more important than you might have been invited by the host. Then he'll come out and call out in front of everybody. You're in the wrong place. The place of honor belongs to this person. Red-faced and embarrassed, you'll have to make your way to the very last table, the only place left. When you're invited to dinner, go and sit at the last place. Then when the host comes, he may very well say, friend, come up front. That will give the dinner guests something to talk about. What I'm saying is, if you walk around with your nose in the air, you're going to end up on your face, flat on your face. But if you're content to simply be yourself, you will become more than yourself. Then he turned to the host, the next time you put on a dinner, don't just invite your friends and family and your rich neighbors, the kind of people who will return favors. Invite some people who don't get invited out. The misfits from the wrong side of the tracks. You'll be and you'll experience a blessing. You won't be able to return the they won't be able to return the favor but the favor will be returned. Oh, it will be returned at the resurrection of God's people. This is the word of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Please join me in a very short prayer before this homily. Hey God, it is us. And we have heard that wherever is our heart is our home. So on this day, in this moment, let our hearts be open let my heart be open and let the hearts of everyone here today be filled with your love and your presence and your tangible grace. Amen. Amen. A few years ago, one of my longtime mentors said to me over the phone, Christina, since you've moved to New York, you have become more and more arrogant. I took that in. <laughs> and then I shared it with my mom a few days later. And my mom replied, I am so glad she told you that. <laughs> because if I would have said it, you would have not listened to me.
Today's parable is about. Humility and hospitality, what love looks like. And as you practice humility and hospitality, if you're content to be yourself, you'll become more than yourself, it says. When I first heard this parable, I thought of a couple in Michigan I know. The husband reminds me of water. He has a stillness to him that lets other people relax and expand when they're around him. People feel more themselves when they're around him because he's so comfortable in his own skin. He creates plenty of space for the people to be who they are. He listens more than he talks. He is a person who is content to be himself, relaxed about who he is without expectations about what you will give him in return. And so he becomes a conduit to be more than himself, as the scripture alludes. So there's room for grace and love and God to be present. Room for more than himself. The wife in this couple chose the color yellow to paint their house intentionally because she felt like if you saw the color yellow, you would experience welcome and hospitality. And every Christmas Eve, they set out their best blue floral dishes inherited from her grandmother with their red glass goblets and invite everyone from their congregation who does not have a place to go on Christmas over for dinner. And at every church potluck, the husband George will be the last to go in line. He is seeking out everyone who feels lonely or wants to be heard. And if people get behind him in the potluck line, he'll gently move to the back so he's last. Sometimes when I visit them, I get in their dusty brown Buick that George mostly uses around the blueberry farm and on the occasional trips to the tractor supply store. And there is a food wrapping in the passenger seat. And I say, what's this? And he casually says it's from the hitchhiker he picked up near the Meyer grocery store because he wanted to get him something to eat. George is the pastor of my childhood church. And because George was the pastor of my childhood church, he's the writer I heard the most growing up. And I would drive back my senior year of college over an hour to hear him preach when I was full of anxiety and full of uncertainty of what I would do next. And I would hear his metaphors and prose but I really wanted to feel the presence of his faith. I told him a few years ago, you know, you could be published. And his face squinted and he shook his head no without a verbal response. He's a man of few words but during the week, but on a Sunday morning, a gentleness, an intuition, and a passion emerges from him on the pulpit. And a God of love and not of judgment is what people come to hear. Because I lived across the street from the church, I would slip in as a seven, eight, and nine-year-old in the last pew when I thought no one was watching and watch countless 1980s weddings and funerals. And one of the most common quotes that he would say at a funeral of a beloved rural southwestern Michigan person is, everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace 
and a soul generated by love. That was King, Martin Luther King. Going back to my initial dialogue with my mentor, where, I sh- where she shared that I was arrogant and that I, and then I relayed that to my mother, um, my mother's response was very Midwestern. She, in, mid- in the Midwest, you can say as much by what you don't say. You aren't supposed to be direct in my family. That would be considered rude. So when my mother said to me, I'm glad your mentor told you that, in reference to my arrogance, she was saying, this isn't our family, this isn't our faith, and it isn't our values to be arrogant. But nothing, oh nothing, in New York City (laughs) teaches humility. One of my first interviews after grad school was at CBS News. And I remember after the interview, the person called the career counselor and said, she's not New York enough. She's not confident enough. She's not direct enough. And she might not even know directions to CBS News. I made that up. I just, I did that last part. I'm not sure what she meant. Um, Elizabeth Gilbert says that the word that most describes New York City is achieve. Everyone is driven here on mass levels to be achieve the highest. Don't just be an actor. We'd like you to be an actor on Broadway. You're not just going to be a parent, but could you be a parent and work 80 hours a week at work? Don't just write for artistic expression. No, we would like you to have that book deal, then a bestseller, then have it on Netflix and go to the Emmys. You not only need an Instagram account, but you need thousands of followers and high engagement. In the parable today, Jesus is saying, don't just go to the dinner party and sit at the seat of the highest honor, but choose the place no one wants to sit, the only place left, and it will feel much better if you sit there than you have to move for somebody else. Don't walk around with your nose in the air or you will fall flat on your face. But if you're content to simply be yourself, you'll become more than yourself. Jesus turns to the host, the next time you invite someone to dinner, don't invite just the people you know and you want a favor. It's not about getting something in return or climbing the ladder of status. Invite people who don't get invited out and you'll experience a blessing. They won't return the favor, but the favor will be returned to you. Oh, how it will be returned with the resurrection of God's people. The resurrection of God's people. To me, that is not about the afterlife. It is about the now. People rise up into who they're called to be in spaces that feel like water, where they can feel like they are exactly who they are. They can float and not perform. In spaces where it's not about proving your success or your worth, but spaces where you already feel a love like water holding you. If you're content to simply be yourself, you'll be more than yourself is a phrase that kept coming to me all week because so many of us have had parents that told us we were not quite good enough at six or seven or eight. Some of us had churches that told us that as well. Some of us have bosses or supervisors that instill that idea as well. Some of us from a young age, gender was fluid or our sexuality was not the kind honored by our culture, so we closeted parts of ourselves. And as I continue to learn for people of color who are living every day in the culture of white supremacy, they have to make decisions all day about how fully themselves they can be or hide parts of themselves so they can feel safe. 
We're all told stories in, in, we all hold stories in our bodies of where we aren't accepted at tables. From childhood kitchen tables, junior high lunchrooms, dating at New York restaurant tables, or boardroom tables. Luke uses this metaphor as a metaphor for the kingdom of God. This meal is to show a vision as the world intends it in contrast to the world as it is. In a world that God intends, we're all comfortable being ourselves and we don't have to elbow our way to status. I borrowed Jackie's title of this sermon from the theme of this summer, This is What Love Looks Like, because I thought if I had the word humility in it, every New Yorker would say, I don't have time for that. I'd never get to work on time if I waited for everyone to get in front of me on the subway. And I need to get ahead, people. This is a town where you have to speak up for yourself. But I want to be clear that Jesus was not talking about being walked on. Jesus was not a pushover. Humility is not synonymous with weakness or being treated like a doormat. Humility isn't thinking less of yourself, it's thinking about yourself less. In returning to the truths in this week's lectionary scripture, becoming more of your authentic self, I remembered what Danita Branham said to me years ago that repeats in my mind and in my heart about this sacred place. She said to me at Middle Collegiate Church, people become more of themselves here. And when she said that, a chill went through my spine because I have become more of myself here and almost everyone I know who truly plugs into this place and serves does as well. I overheard a conversation between WPIX Channel 11 news reporter interviewing Graham Bridgman for a piece on religion and the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall riots here at Middle Church in June. And Graham said a sentence that stayed with me. He said, I hadn't heard that God loved me as a queer person before I came in these doors. It gave me chills in my body when I heard him say that. Graham is one of nine of us who are either in seminary or completing seminary and seeking ordination from this place. And no matter if you're in seminary or if you're just a minister in your everyday life, because that's who we're all called to be without ordination, God is using us to serve everywhere. This congregation was one of the only congregations that opened its doors for funerals with those who died of AIDS in the 1980s. And still every Monday, there is a free meal that started the 1980s for those with AIDS and continues now for every person in the community. In this place, there is a sacredness in the DNA, a legacy that you shape and I shape, and we all shape together. And there are many times in our world where there's absolutely no humility and no hospitality displayed. And the quest to be our authentic selves in service of the divine must be an internal journey. Ruby Sales, a civil rights icon, was recently talking to Jackie Lewis for their new podcast, Women Talk God. And Mama Ruby says, what black people were saying about black folk religion, a spirituality that emerged from both those enslaved and the generations of African-Americans in this country. She was saying what black people were saying is, look, we're enslaved. I cannot control what happens to my body, but I can control 
my inner life, and you will not make me hate you. You will not allow the poisons that I see to exist in you. It will not infiltrate me. I will not allow that to happen. This is where I draw the line. You will not invade my inner life. So that black folk religion was really a religion predicated on the belief that although I am enslaved and I have, I have power over my inner life, do you understand the spiritual discipline and the spiritual genius that took? Mama Sales said, end quote. Mama Sales has me wondering about how we bring the consciousness of spiritual genius into the world now. How do we make a discipline of our inner life a priority as we navigate forgiveness, as we navigate a yearning for status or approval or racism in our everyday lives? A middle member called me a few weeks ago furious about the injustice in the world. And at the end of the conversation, I invited her to do two things. One I said, every week or every month, choose one thing to be a part of the solution. Whether it's a prayer, a letter, a volunteering, or a check, your energy matters and it is a way to serve. And then let go of the outcome. And then I said, please, please consider doing 30 seconds or three minutes or 30 minutes, whatever you want, to feel connected to the source greater than you so that anxiety and fear aren't the conversation always on repeat in your mind. And on any given Sunday, even today before you leave today, greet someone before they see you. So often in life, we want to be seen first. We want to be greeted first. But go to the person who you might not ever invited them to brunch or to eat behind this beautiful wall and sit next to someone you don't know to hear their story. My same mentor who told me that um, I was arrogant said, humility is the key to freedom. The real power, that's the real power. It's having so much confidence in your authentic nature that you can do whatever is needed in the moment, knowing that there's nothing in it for me, living with great equanimity. The quest to be our authentic selves is a lifelong journey. Carolyn Mace writes, when you do not seek or need approval, you are the most powerful. And that is hard not to want approval or status. That's where spiritual practices come in, of both service and meditation. The couple in the beginning of my sermon, they are my parents. Service and humility is how they live. May we all seek to be more like water, the presence of water, so that others may relax, expand, and become more of who they're called to be in our presence. When each of us are given the opportunity to be our authentic self, that is when the resurrection of the human spirit happens in the here and now. Amen.
Beloved people of God, the banquet is about to start, and you are invited. Come, you who are friends. Come, you who are family. Come, you who think you are strangers or outsiders. For here, at God's table, you are friends and family too. All are welcome here. Middle, let us pray. O God, send your spirit to be with us now. Meet us in our brokenness. Meet us in our longing for wholeness. Feed our hunger. Quench our thirst. Draw us closer to you. At this, your holy banquet, make us one with each other and make us one with you. When we break this bread together, we remember that Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. When we share this bread, When we share this bread, we stand with God and with all who hunger for an end to violence. When we share this bread, we share with each other God's hope for a world transformed by peace. When we bless this cup together, we remember that Jesus declared, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. When we share this cup, We feast with God and all those who thirst for an end to oppression. Every time we share this cup, we share with each other God's hope for a world recreated in love. Dear friends, this is God's table, and everyone is welcome at this table. Our bread is gluten-free. Our cup is alcohol-free. As a reminder, when you approach the table, Please place your letters to Senator McConnell in one of these boxes. Was there another thing? The ushers will guide you and tell you when it's your turn to come forward. Please come. All is ready.
bringing the elements back to our table, I want to remind you that on our homepage, you'll see further actions around gun control. If you go, it'll be, the link is called Middle Church Goes to Mitch McConnell's Home or something like that. <laughs> and within that posting, because Pastor Amanda, who's actually up at Fort Washington today, actually visited his home in Kentucky. Uh, and so if you want more information about that ministry experience, and also further action items, please go to that page. There's more things to do as together we fight for justice in our nation. Thank you. Hey, Middle, how you doing? Okay, happy Labor Day. Um, this morning, I'm thinking about three things. I'm thinking about love, legacy, and living into our vision as a spiritual community as this invitation to join our movement is happening. Uh, I'm asking you to listen from a very particular place. Where are you in this story? How are you connected to this ministry? And where do you see yourself? I'm not a random person speaking, but I am you. I came to Middle about 13 years ago to co-lead the gospel choir and to work with children and youth. I remember one of my first solo participations in worship was around this time for Hispanic Heritage Month. Uh, I was sitting in the back listening to worship. Jackie had asked me to sing in Spanish and I had my song all ready to go. Uh, there was a guest who was right before me, a woman who had written a book about uh, folks crossing over the border from Mexico into the US. She read a passage from her book and you know I was listening or half listening but her words seemed to enter into me without me even knowing it. She talked about the people taking this journey and the sacrifice it was to cross over for a better life. That there were people, families in the back of a moving truck, silent, fearing for their lives, but hopeful for a chance at new life. But they never got the opportunity, however, because they were left in a parking lot in the hot summer sun. And they were found days later. Everyone had perished. So I heard these words and I was overcome with sadness and despair right in the moment that I needed to go and sing. And I just had to sit there to compose myself because God had spoken. And not necessarily in the sermon or in the song or in the scripture, but through this passage. And I could feel God's sorrow. And it opened me up to something different about worship that only happened here at Middle. And that is that God is in everything. That you don't have to necessarily be in the scripture or hear a song that mentions God or look at a, a piece of art that has an angel in it. But God is everywhere and that's who Middle is. Middle is right here bringing artists to the forefront so that they can show you who God is for them. And when you see who God is for them, you see God for yourself. And sometimes you don't even realize it. You're just sitting there and you're half listening. 
but God is no respecter of persons and God enters where God enters and God moves as God moves and God touches as God touches and God transforms as God transforms and it just happens right here without you even knowing it. A tear may come down or you may laugh or you may sing out a a verse that you didn't know was possible. Love is possible here at Middle. Legacy. A few years after the establishment of New Amsterdam at the tip of Manhattan Island, the church is formally organized with the uh, Reverend Jonas Michaelius as minister. The congregation meets in a large room over the mill which grinds the colonist grain. This was in 1628. In 1628, the vision for this collegiate system was created. And so what I want to tell you about in the Join the Movement is legacy. Because it's not just about what you're putting in the offering plate right now to sustain us so that we get to our goal in June. But it's legacy. What am I doing to create this for the people who have not even come into these doors? What are we doing as a congregation to to build beyond what we may even not be here to see? We're so focused on that date at the end of the year, and we should be. But what about the legacy? What are we leaving to the people who are coming after we're no longer here? Jerice Johnson, who started the Gospel Choir, the Celebrate Life Meal that is now Momentum, Butterfly with Danita Branham, the the Lower East Side Girls Club that, that Lynn Pentecost created out of the basement of the church, Where are we in that story middle is what I'm asking you. The join the movement is it's it's about love and it's about legacy. It's about giving to other people what you got. It's about giving more than you received. It's so Holy Spirit what Christina said and what I have because I didn't know what she was going to preach on. So the third thing I want to tell you is about vision, because vision is so important. We have our own vision statement in the bulletin that we read from time to time, but it instructs and it helps us plan for everything that we do and everything that we see. And so again, my question to you, Middle, is can you see yourself in the middle of it? How do you fit into the legacy? Where will you put your time, energy, and talents and treasure? Will you be like Olga Downing? Do you know who Olga was? Do you know she was a member of this church? And she left the church a million dollars. People, she she just wore regular everyday clothes. Nobody knew what was going on until that day that Gordon went into her house. And she had left something for middle. And she didn't make a big announcement. She didn't have a big trumpet fanfare but it's just what was in her heart to do. Where do you see yourself in this story? I'm calling you to join the movement of love, legacy, and vision that you might declare yourself as someone who is ready to be a part of this vision. Middle, we are ready to hold you in this community. We are ready for this community to be your community. So if you're interested in that love legacy vision, we invite you after worship here at the front to speak to one of the ministers so they can sign you up for the Gospel Jubilee, as we used to say in the church, to be a part of this and this and this and this. Amen, Middle.
labor that was done to create the possibility to even have these gifts, now multiply them and take them far beyond the walls of this church, have them touch lives that we don't even know about, allow it to sustain us here at this church. May your ministries go forward, not only with your offerings of tithes, but with your grace and your mercy on this day. In your holy name we pray, amen. amen. Thank you to this beautiful summer choir who, who blesses us every Sunday and next Sunday too before homecoming. So thank you, thank you. Um, friends, uh, we need a couple more volunteers for Butterfly. So in 20 minutes, if you'd like to help deliver sandwiches to the hungry, the opportunity is here and Raymond will be back in 20 minutes to help take you there. Will you just take a deep breath with me? And exhale. Close your eyes and imagine the feeling of water. The feeling of water holding you where you don't have to perform and you don't have to climb a ladder. You are perfect as you are and may you grow to be more of who God calls you to be. And on this day and the days to come, May we root our feet in your ground, God, and root our breath in your spirit.
So when people look at each of us, they see expressions of the already risen people. In your many names we pray, amen. Amen.